Hey, it's Michael, and welcome to another podcast episode. Before I get into today's episode, we wanted to make an offer to you. If you go to firmsconsulting.com, you will see a pop-up or you'll see a place to add in your email address or you can register on the Firms Consulting website. If you register onto that website, you get put into an exclusive list. And what you get in that exclusive list is samples of the content we have available to FC Insiders. So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Getting a fit question related to weaknesses is not common. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't see that to be common. When I was in consulting, it wasn't one of the standard questions you expected to ask aspiring consultants because the bottom of the day, it's not something that people are honest about. You want to test it in other questions. You want to ask people how they respond to a situation. And from their response to a situation, you can deduce what their weakness would be as an interviewer. But they do come up every now and again. And I think while they're not that common, I would say you have a maybe one in five one in four chance of being asked the question. And in some parts of the world, it is more common. I've seen in the UK, it's much more common. In South Africa, it's very common. Australia, it's very common. Maybe it's an Anglo thing. Maybe it's an Anglo-Saxon thing, right? I don't know. I've seen it in parts of Canada. You know, even in the US, it comes up. But I can't say it's standard operating procedure for a firm to say that they're going to test this. But I think that you don't want to be derailed by something like this, so let's discuss it. It's a question that I think is very badly prepared for because I find all advice tells you basically to lie. And I think that's a very bad strategy. Whenever you're in an interview, you don't want to lie because eventually it's going to come up and bite you. And to be honest, do you want to be the person who lies to get a job? No. I mean, some people would would say no out loud, but in the back of the head, they're thinking yes. And I think that goes against the rules that we have about being an ethical professional. I would move away from lying because you don't want to do that. But what I find most candidates do when they present their weaknesses is they don't really think carefully about the implication of having that weakness, right? So let me explain to you a few points about how to present, how to respond to this question, and then I'll give you some examples of how we would do it, right? I think the first thing you have to understand is that the consulting firm is not asking you for your weakness. They're asking you for what is your weakness, what is the implication of having that weakness, and how has it shown itself in your professional or sporting or academic career, right? Your weakness means nothing. It means nothing. If you tell someone you're weak at something, so what? Are you weaker than? What are the implications? The implications are what counts, right? That's the first thing you need to understand. The second thing is the way you deliver it. So you have to be very careful about thinking about the second order issue, which is the implication. So let me give an example, right? What I mean by all these concepts, how does it tie together? So we had a candidate who is interviewing in Europe. I'm not going to mention the offices and so on. I know and the odds of you identifying him are small, but you never know. So he was telling me that one of his three weaknesses where I think he said his math is weak, his emotional and attention to detail. I can't remember two, but I definitely, he definitely said that he's emotional. And he said, well, you know, he's making a joke. You know, these are bad weaknesses. I said, well, hold on a second. These are good weaknesses because I think they're real. I think these are your real weaknesses. And I said, and he said, you know, which one are you going to work? And I said, we can work with any of them, but I'm going to show you how to work with one so you can see it, right? So I said, okay, how would I present this? Now, the key thing is he just told me he's emotional. That's it. That's his weakness. He couldn't even talk about it. And I said that that is where you'll fail. You wouldn't fail because your weakness is a problem. You'll fail because you cannot articulate what it is about your weakness that's a problem. So what I mean by this? The problem here is he just tells me weaknesses. He is emotional and that's the weakness. He's going to fail because he's giving me a one or two word answer when I want him to go into an explanation. So the way I would construct this is I would say that, well, 
assuming I'm the candidate now and the interviewer has asked me a question, what is your weakness, Michael? And I would say, well, you know, I'm a person who's been very careful to choose things that I'm very passionate about in the world. You know, I launched a startup because I'm passionate about delivering food to poor people in Haiti. I went into this company X because I'm really passionate about what they're trying to do to provide loans to poor people in developing economies like Bangladesh. And because I'm so passionate about these things, and I tend to be emotionally invested in the outcome. And I know that's wrong. I know that being emotionally invested in something can taint the analysis and can taint the way you interpret things, right? And I understand that is a weakness. But I understand it's a weakness and I have created certain filters or certain checks to prevent myself from this weakness showing up without me being aware of it. And I've done three things in particular. The first thing I've done is that I know there's a difference and I've been very careful to understand the difference between being emotionally invested and being emotional. So while I may be emotionally invested in something intellectually, I'm never emotional about it. You know, basically I keep a poker face and I really make sure that when I'm discussing the issue with colleagues or with the other parties who are financially vested in it, they never understand on which side of the equation I lie. So that's the one thing I do. The second thing I've done is I've always ensured that I have a colleague who does not report to me, right, and is pretty much independent of my role reviewing what I'm doing. I think it's a generally good policy to have for anyone, but I've made sure I've set up that structure. The third thing I've done is I've taken on roles that have exposed me to deeper analytical tools so that when I am analyzing a situation, I know that I'm applying the right kind of analysis and I'm not being tainted by my emotional investment in an idea. And you know, I can give you examples of how I have you know, initially succumbed to this problem and I can give you examples of how I have applied these three techniques to overcome the problem. Now, compare that to what the candidate was telling me about the fact that he's emotional and that's a weakness. And I must point out to you, and I hope this candidate comments on this when he listens to it, is that when he told me that you know his weakness was that he's emotional, I didn't spend 10 minutes or 5 minutes preparing this. It took me literally 30 seconds after he decided which one he wants to go with to show him how to actually talk it through. I mean, I needed no preparation to talk it through. And it's not because I've helped another person come up with the same verbal delivery for their weakness. It's because as a consultant, you're trained to think through the deeper issues, the second and third order issues. So what were the second and third order issues? Yeah, well, the second order issue was, yes, there's a difference between being emotionally invested in something and being emotional. They're two different things, right? We agree? That's the point I wanted to make. You know, yes, you become emotionally invested in something, but it doesn't mean you're emotional. You know, so, and that plays to what consultants want. They want, when consulting firms hire people, they want people who show empathy for clients, but they're not emotional in front of clients and they have the analytical tools to come through with the right kind of conclusions. So that's very important. Remember I said, state the weakness, state the implication, and show how you're managing it. And that applies to anything. There's no such thing as a bad weakness. Examples of weaknesses that you shouldn't talk about because they're just cliched is things like, I work very hard. I mean, really, do you think that the other people that's applying to McKinsey don't work hard? So you know, how can this be a weakness? It sounds like it's a common DNA of everyone who applies to, to McKinsey. So Think very carefully about how you sound, you know. A consulting interviewer has pretty much heard whatever you're going to say. So you need to to make sure that what you're saying is sincere. Moreover, if you talk about a sincere weakness, to the interviewer, it's clear that this is a true weakness. To the interviewer, it's clear you've thought about it a lot. And to the interviewer, if they ask probing questions, you can talk about it. Saying things like, well, I'm a perfectionist. Really, you're a perfectionist. You know, when people tell me they're a perfectionist, it's almost laughable. I have yet to meet a perfectionist. I mean, that's not true. I think I've met one candidate who is 
pretty close to perfection. But again, perfection in her definition of perfection. You know, she's always late and disorganized, but where she chooses to have perfection, she has it. But the point is she's not a perfectionist. She's a perfectionist where she chooses to have it in other areas. She's, you could argue that she's maybe behind the curve in many things. So don't go with cliches. Don't say you're a perfectionist. You're an overachiever. You work too hard. You struggle with work-life balance. You know, when someone tells me they struggle with work-life balance, well, I have a couple of issues. The firstly, you know, the easiest thing in the world is to find time to do what you like. That means going home, right? If you can't do that, how will you ever manage to make time for things you don't like? So when people tell me work-life balance is a problem, you know, beyond it being a cliched weakness, it also strikes up so many other warning signs for me. How do they do set aside time for things they like? What about the fact that, you know, why are you striving for work-life balance? I mean, do you not like what you are doing? Did you want to go home? You know, there's just so many things. So the point I'm trying to make here on the weakness question, go for something that is sincere. Understand that the weakness, just t- talking about the weakness is not enough. You have to talk about the implication about the weakness and how you have dealt with it. You must have the three things. And delivery is important, you know. You can have the best content, but if you cannot deliver it, you've got a problem. And you've seen that, right? We're seeing it now with the U.S. presidential elections coming up anyway, with the primaries, whereby you've got some really talented people in terms of the content they want to deliver, but they don't know how to deliver a speech. So content is important. How you deliver is just as important. And I would say that go with real weaknesses. If math is your weakness, say, look, you know what? I understand one of my weaknesses is math, but I just want to clarify that while I believe my weakness is math, it's a weakness because I think, I believe that I have sufficient math skills to be a management consultant. But as a management consultant, I'd also like to potentially specialize in corporate finance after my MBA. And I do realize if I'm going to specialize in corporate finance, I have to raise my math skills in certain areas like real options analysis and so on. So my math skills are weak relative to where I want them to be, but they're strong enough for consulting. And beyond that, the reason why I'm quite comfortable for this interview is because I believe that consulting firms are looking for people who have sufficient math skills, but more so looking for people who have deep analytical skills. And I think they are mutually exclusive, and I believe I have strong analytical skills. And I'm sure that you know through the case interviews, I would have the opportunity to show some of the skills I do have. And hopefully they fit the requirement of the firm. So you see, there's always a way to position something that sounds good. It's all about positioning. Don't lie. That's my only comment. Do not lie. I mean, you know, I heard a candidate once told me, Michael, but you know, I am weak at math. I probably won't pass the McKinsey PSD if I tell them this. You know, what should I do? So my response to the candidate was, then why are you going through the effort of applying now when you're going to shoot yourself in the foot? You know, just because you get through that initial screening with a senior recruiter out of Boston, doesn't mean anything. You still have to pass the PST and pass the cases. So don't you think you're setting yourself up for failure? Don't lie. Practice your math, which is not difficult to do, to be honest, to improve your math skills. When they reach a certain point, then you can apply. You know, if you have to lie, you're just setting yourself up for failure somewhere down the line. So go with real weaknesses, but position it well. There's no such thing as a bad weakness, but there are some things such as a ridiculous weakness. So one guy once told me, and I was... I expected more. I think he told me that, you know what? A weakness is that I really need to spend time with my children and my wife, and I will not be able to put the firm ahead of them. I don't think that's a weakness. I think that's a prioritization issue, to be honest. A weakness is something you have to be strong at, but you're not strong at it. Nowhere in the consulting manual does it say you have to be strong at being a great father and husband. So that's not a weakness. That's a prioritization issue. Understand those things. Listen to the interviewer. You know, know what they're asking for and respond to it. Because if you told me that in an actual interview, I'd worry that you didn't listen to the question. The point I'm trying to make is be sincere, 
talk about their implications and talk about how you're dealing with the problem. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com. It's the only way also to get access to our unique advanced content that we make available to insiders. So if you want to get a sneak peek of things, test it out, see what's in there, this is the place to go. And finally, I want to thank you again for making us one of the largest podcast channels around the world for careers and for the 2 million downloads and counting.